Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. I read a very nice quote the other day, which said, The founders of every major religion said, I'll show you the way to find God. So every religion, the founders, said, I will show you the way to find God. But Jesus said, I am God who has come to find you. I am God who has come to find you. And that's the whole season that we are in right now. The season that we are in right now is God saw us and was longing to be with his beloved, to be with his people who had abandoned him, who had forsaken, who had turned their back on him, and he had sent them letters, he had sent them messengers, he had sent them person after person to try to meet them. And time and time again, man would respond for a moment and then forget. They would have a burst of emotion where they would see God do something miraculous and they say, okay, now it's time for me to respond to what God has done. And a little bit would pass and things would be forgotten and they'd go back to what they normally would do, which is make themselves their own God. And I don't think that that's so foreign for every single one of us who are in this room today, me first and foremost. We get these bursts of emotions, we get excited, we get motivated about our relationships with God. Seasons like this in the church come and we have the kiyak praises and people come and they sing and they burst their voices out. And then we forget, the emotion passes. And Christ knows us in our brokenness. He knows our bursts of emotion. He knows our weakness. He knows our shortcomings. So he didn't send a messenger to show us the way to God. He said, I'm going to come visit them and be their God and see their pain and see their struggles and see their hurts and see their brokenness because I want to heal them. When you look at all the readings of the church today, you see a very beautiful sort of theme that the church is trying to illustrate to her children. It starts off with the Matins Gospel. At the beginning of the Matins Gospel, you'll see that there's Jesus is walking by, and there is a group of women that start to say, blessed is the womb who nursed you. Blessed is the womb who nursed you. And then he says to them, more than that, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is, they're talking about St. Mary. They're saying, blessed is the, the mother, the mother of God, the one who nursed you, who took care of you. And he says, more blessed are they, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Very strong message, very strong message to every single one of us. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So let's keep going. I want to show you how the church is really beautiful. 
Let's go to the readings. Pauline epistle. And it's funny. I, I, I was visiting a church yesterday in Virginia Beach, and I read these readings and I gave a sermon. And today, as I was reading the readings again, something completely different came out. So it's amazing how the word of God can continually speak new messages to you every single day. So look at this. You read in Romans, St. Paul, first of all, where is this chapter from? Romans what? Who knows? Romans what? Three. Very good. So you see, fast forward, it says Christ is telling us the condition, or St. Paul is telling us the condition of the people. There is none righteous, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. Seems like a pretty dark situation. <laughs> it's like not very encouraging. They have all turned aside. Kulunisio. Everybody forgot. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Come on, St. Paul, give us something encouraging. Their throat is an open tomb with their tongues, and they have practiced deceit. The poison of their asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. As I read this today, I couldn't help but consider all the bloodshed that's being shed in the Middle East right now. I couldn't help but think about how people are using religion to hurt one another. People are using the name of God to victimize one another. Their feet are swift to shed blood, removing the humanity of one another. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace, the way of peace, they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. And then he says, in verse, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is being revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ, in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. There is, no, there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. So follow me for a second. Matins, it's saying, blessed are, the word of God, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Pauline, it's saying the condition of humanity is a mess. We are a mess. And we, and there's no righteous, everybody's fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, no matter how much they try, they keep on falling short. Let's keep going. Catholic epistle. Fast forward, St. Paul, St. John is saying, this is the word of God we've held, we've touched with our own eyes. Let's keep seeing, look, look, look. That which you've seen and heard and we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, that our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say, you awake with me, guys? If we say we have, no, we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We lie. 
and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, look at this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But those who walk in the light as he is in the light have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. But look at this very quickly. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. So where am I going with this? Finally. Look at the end of this. So we hear the story of, in the book of Acts of the burning bush being restated by St. Stephen in his farewell address. And he says, Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place which you stand is holy ground. I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've surely seen the oppression. I've heard their groaning, and I've come down to deliver them. And now come, and I will send you to Egypt. I've seen the oppression. I've seen the brokenness. I've seen the hurt. And what? I have heard their groaning and have come down to deliver them. I've come down to deliver them. Look at the gospel. Poor little girl in the middle of Galilee. No name, unknown, probably forgotten by many, is the vessel that the Lord Jesus Christ chooses to take his flesh from. Look at this. The angel comes to her, and he says to her, Rejoice, O full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his what? His saying. She's not troubled at the presence of an angel. Like you and I, we see an angel, we're like, like, my, is it my time to go? She's not troubled at the angel. Like as if this was like a common appearance. You see an angel, yeah, no big deal. No, she's not troubled at the angel. She's troubled at the saying. Who is full of grace? Who is blessed? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Who is good enough to bear God? The one who hears the word of God and keeps it. The one who has emptied themselves, acknowledged their brokenness, seen their own shortcoming, and made space for the Lord to come in and to heal. See, the problem for every single one of us is there is this tension. The tension of me believing that I'm righteous and then the reality of me knowing that I'm sick and in need of a physician. Like the tension of me saying, no, I'm good. I come to church on Sunday. I'm good. I like give, me, give my tithes. I like serve the poor. I give Christmas gifts to people who are overseas. It's easy for us to try to claim 
our own actions as though it's our righteousness. And all those things are good. I'm not telling you to stop doing those things. Those are the response to the love which has been poured on us. But the reality for every single one of us is the whole reason for this season. The reality is that you and I, every single one of us, are sick. We're sick, and this is a hospital. And we need a physician desperately, because no matter how much we try to do the right thing, we find ourselves doing the exact opposite. No matter how much we try to love one another, somehow we continue to do the exact opposite. No matter how much we try to serve one another, we find ourselves doing the opposite. So we need a savior. We need a savior. St. Paul says in Romans 7, who will deliver me from this body of death? For what I will to do, I find myself not doing. The things that I don't will to do, I find myself doing. There is this tension. So who will deliver us from this body of death? I thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ who comes and visits me, who enters into my brokenness, who heals me, who restores me, and brings me to the path of peace. See, there is acknowledgement that every single one of us needs to make today. I'm not good. I'm not righteous. I have nothing within me. And I'm not here to, to, to tell you this as a discouragement. I'm here to tell you there's a vaccine. I'm here to tell you there's a physician who's come to heal. But there needs to be for the patient to say, I have an issue. There needs to be for the patient to say, look within deep and say, there's stuff within me that needs to change. There's stuff within me that is off. I say that I walk in the light, but I walk in darkness. I say that I'm in the light, but I'm living the opposite. There needs to be an acknowledgement for us because the physician has come to heal his people. The physician has emptied himself and come in the form of a slave to heal his people, to give them the vaccine, to give them eternal life to those who partake of him. Every single one of us today have access to healing. But there's a part of me that has to say, I'm sick. I'm sick. I need you. And I think it's really easy for us to think that we can save ourselves. Yeah, ya Rabb. We think that our acts of righteousness are going to save us. We work from love, not for love. We work, we do the response to his love is what makes us pray. The response to his love is what makes us come to liturgy. The response to his love and the need for his healing is what makes us here as people who are hungry for healing. Hungry for healing like a beggar. I wonder if that's the condition that we come to God in. We come to God, me, me. Hey God, I'm a priest. You should listen to me. I gave up my life for you. Hey God, I know what's better. Hey God, I, you should do this for this person. You should heal this situation. You should fix this problem. Come to God telling him what to do. Who am I? I'm nobody. I'm nothing. He has given me, this is his priesthood. This is his glory. This is his honor. It has nothing to do with me. And I have the audacity to come before him and to say, you should do this. No, I have nothing, Lord. What do you want? 
انت عاوز ايه؟ What can I do to serve your people? Give me your eyes to see the brokenness in the world. Give me your ears to hear those who need a word. Give me your lips to speak encouragement to one another. Give me your hands and your feet to go to those who are in need and hurting and serve them as you would serve them. Let me see with your eyes the image of every single person that is stamped on their faces. Because in doing so, we will be like those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. You know what the Abuna says? You know, you guys will see me as I'm coming in. I'll go like this. I'll, I'll put my hand like this. What is Abuna doing? May we hear and may we act according to your holy gospels. May we hear and may we act. May we not just hear the word and it's one through one ear and out the other. May the word of God move us. May the word of God inspire us. May the word himself who took flesh and dwelt among us show us the way in order that we should live. Because I tell you, I tell you, there's a hundred year study from Harvard University. I was reading it recently. A hundred year study on human happiness. It's fascinating. They studied people for a long time. And you know what they came and concluded? What are the three things that cause a person to be happy? Number one, deep and meaningful relationships. Deep and meaningful relationships, when we love each other, when we live in community, when people care about us. Number two, living a life of service, serving one another. They say, actually, you can, by, by the way, if you make more than $70,000, your happiness level doesn't increase. I'm not saying don't be successful, be successful, but I'm saying the, the margin of joy and happiness is insignificant. Maybe inflation, you say, Abuna, now it's like 80 or $90,000. Number one, deep and meaningful relationships. Number two, acts of service, living a life of service. Number three, number three, practicing a life of thanksgiving, gratitude. Thank you, 100-year studies. We could have told you this from the Orthodox Church for centuries. Live in community, be part of the body of Christ, serve one another, and give thanks to the Lord for all things. You guys needed to study for 100 years to figure that out? We could have told you from day one. But what does that tell us? It tells us that the way of Christ, the way of Christ is the way that will move us to the path of peace. That when we love one another, when we care for one another, when we serve one another, when we live in community and care and support, that's when the work of the Lord starts to be made manifest in every single one of our hearts. My prayer, I'm sorry, keep you guys awake a little bit. My prayer for every single one of you guys, for me, first and foremost, is that we be encouraged to receive the healing life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I encourage every single one of us today, as I'm standing before the altar, I'm gonna say to him, Lord, I'm desperately sick. I'm desperately sick. And I need you to heal me. And in doing so, you see the healing that will come. You watch. You watch. You see what he is ready to give you if you admit where you're at. May all of us receive grace this day and every day. Glory be to God. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.